0: What's up party people? This is Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. Thank you for supporting, sharing, and enjoying the People's Party. We have a lot more great episodes coming your way every Monday. Make sure you subscribe, give us a review, and stay locked.
1: There's so many people that influence what I do, you know? Um, I wasn't into Jay-Z when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. I was like, why everybody like Jay-Z so much? And I didn't get it when I got older when I started peeping and right. I'm like damn okay, okay. I see uh right. okay. he's okay. he's the guy he's right. the guy for sure what started look what we don't right. started just right. the right. people
0: What's up, party people? Once again, it's Talib Kwali. This is now another edition of The People's Party featuring myself, Talib Kwali, and my homegirl, Jasmine Lee. Give it up to Jasmine Lee and the place to be. What's up, Jazz?
2: Hola, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm feeling good, pretty and pink.
0: Yes, yeah, you look very good and very warm and cozy in that snuggie that you got on.
2: See how I got that compliment out of you? <laughs> Ew.
0: Today's People's Party is very interesting to me. It's very exciting to me. We are going to talk with an artist that I am very, 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 very excited to talk about. This young man has just started his career. We've had a lot of OGs on the show, but we needed to have some fresh young blood on the show. And um, he's been making his name in the mixtape scene online, doing his thing, working with a lot of artists, going on tours and everything. He has a lot of albums, uh, Subtrap, Empty Bank, I Was Very Bad, but his new album. This new album, man, is something special. Mm-hmm. Is he real? Is the name of the new album? Um, ladies and gentlemen, give it up to a seriously deep thinker, a great lyricist, a great artist, IDK.
2: Woo! Oh, he's a gentleman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that cap
1: bro. Yeah, thank you. This is a collab I'm doing with uh New Air. Okay. A little
0: Washington D M V style. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. County, I learned
1: this from Wale. Wale <laughs> came. Wale was the first one to do this like as mm-hmm. a rapper with uh-huh. a Washington Nationals hat. So Okay. You know, I got that from him.
0: Shout out to Wale.
1: Yeah.
0: I was on some, some of them early Wale mixtapes back oh, in yeah? the day. Mm-hmm. With Knife mm-hmm. Wonder and all that. That's crazy. You from the D M V? Yeah. Like Wale. Mhm. What was it like growing up there?
1: Um so, for me, it's like, I grew up in PG County, Maryland. Crib. Yeah? Oh, you from PG?
2: I was born there.
1: Oh, that's fire. Okay. True. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's amazing. I've lived
2: many places.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I'm from PG County, Maryland, mm. so the specific part that I'm from is called Glendale. It's right mm. between Glen Arden and Bowie, right? Um, The area that I grew up in is, is kind of, like, um unique because... I would say, you know how, like, everyone is talking about um, gentrification right mm-hmm. now and all of that stuff that's happening with that? Mm-hmm. My neighborhood is the result of gentrification. So mm-hmm. people would get moved out of D.C. Mm-hmm. and moved to, like, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And what people don't really understand is, like, that's like, okay, yeah, you move the people out and you start a new thing here, and this area is this way, but the mentality still moves. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a, a neighborhood, mm-hmm. like, middle-class houses like three hundred thousand dollar houses uh people get shot people get right. robbed everything is right. going on in this neighborhood right that the houses don't look nothing like what you would think right it's you like when
0: me? we come from new york we see a certain landscape and then we hear people from places like that or like a virginia or something right. and then you hear you know ain't shit to do but cook. And you're like, but look at your houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when we look at L.A., like L.A., the hood to people from New York, yeah. the hood looks like they got houses and lawns and so right, you think right, it's not hood. Right, right, right. But it could be. Exactly. Now, you say you was um, in a middle-class situation, but you say that you went to a really bad school.
1: Yeah. I was, like in a, I was probably in the worst, at the time, the worst school in PG County. How did that happen? That's because of the school zones. Mm-hmm. In PG County, especially in that time, any public school you go to is going to be bad, mm-hmm. no matter where it was. Mm-hmm. The only way you're not going to a bad school is if you're going to a private school. Mm-hmm. So literally, I was like living where I was living, but I'm catching a bus and I'm going to Duval and it's like all the hoods and different people from like Landover, Kentland and all these different places, mm-hmm. they're there. You yeah. feel me? And I never got good grades for real. So if I don't get good grades and I'm in a bad school, I'm going to relate to the other people who don't get good grades. Right. And that's just happen to be the niggas from the hood. So. Right.
0: Your name IDK stands for ignorantly delivering knowledge. Yes. And I think that's a brilliant name. Thank you. Um, I often talk about hip hop, certain types of hip hop being like a Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to like fool them with the Trojan horse. But once the horse gets into the city, right. the knowledge comes out. You yes. am hundred percent. I feel like that's what you were doing. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with that name?
1: I was in jail, actually. I was in state prison mm-hmm. in Maryland. And I was, um, at when I was in jail, I was a tutor and I was a barber. Oh, wow. So everybody kind of knew me. I was cool. All the, all the gang members, I never mm-hmm. had to join no gang. I didn't have to right. turn Muslim, none of that. You found like, a skill that was useful to everybody. And everybody liked me because right. I was myself. Right. I didn't try to act like, because by that time, this is my third time in jail, mm-hmm. and by that time, I was already really in college and all of that. Like, I was I was actually doing, the, I was on the right path. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this real quick. When I went to jail, I went to jail at 17. I got charged as an adult. I was in jail for four months, and then I got out, and then I got sentenced to 15 years, suspended to three, and then me do three years on home detention. Mm-hmm. I went to school after that. I had a job. I was working at Best Buy. I, I was like getting my life together. Mm-hmm. I never got in trouble again, but a violation for not paying my home detention mm-hmm. got me back in jail. And then for not paying, not it's paying,
2: it's a cycle. You go That's to jail
0: for being poor. Often,
2: wow.
1: listen. So I'm going to jail. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about. I never got in trouble again. I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. I graduated. I'm in college. Mm-hmm. Um, um. I have. Um. Um, a job, Mm -hmm. and because of not paying, I'm back in jail. And uh, I got out because my lawyer, we had like some lawyer lawyer that didn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. He was talking about, oh yeah, you have a violation, so you can't get a bail Mm -hmm. because you have a violation. They don't give bails when you have a violation, Mm -hmm. so we can't get you out of jail. You're just going to have to sit there until Mm -hmm. your court date. I swear to God, everybody was telling me that too. I went on the phone, and I called the commissioner's office every day. I even built a relationship with the person. And I told him, like, look, I need a bail because mm-hmm. I'm in school. I'm about mm-hmm. to fail my classes. Mm-hmm. I really, like, I'm not really even supposed to not, like, look what I'm in here for. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a bail myself, right. not my lawyer. And right. I got out. Mm. I was out for two months. I went back to jail um, because when I went to court, the judge was like, look, man, we gave you a slap on the wrist. Mm. You couldn't do this. So you just have to do the remainder of your time, which was a year in prison. Because the thing is, usually you do 18 months in mm-hmm. jail, but because my sentence was three years in total, even though I did most of it, the, the totality of the sentence made me have to go to state prison. Wow. Keep in mind, I never got in trouble ever again right. since the first time, and I was 17 years old. Right. I was charged as an adult. And what was the charge? It was armed robbery.
0: Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, the, that system that you're describing, you know, we had Patrice Colores, who's one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. She talks about how in L.A. County, they make a trillion dollars a year just off bail. So wow. the bail is a for-profit business. Yeah. And then also, you know, they get the state gets money for everybody mm-hmm. that they have in yeah, jail, right? 100%. So the state's making money off of you. So mm-hmm. you saw the prison industrial complex up close. Right. Whereas a lot of people just talk about it. You yeah. saw the for-profit prison
1: industry working up close. Listen, I worked mm-hmm. in a warehouse. Mm-hmm at the, the end of my sentence. And I was lifting boxes, doing all this other stuff. I think I was making 30 cent a day. Mm. Or slave labor. Something like that. It was yeah. like that or like $30 a, a month.
0: Right. The 13th talks about that how the prisons are just Legalized slavery. That's literally what it is. Slaves, mm-hmm. for sure. like
1: they're giving you something so they like at least they say they pay you right, something. Right, but, right. Like what am I doing with thirty dollars a month? A uh, uh, a a pack of noodles mm-hmm. costs one dollar. Right. A pack. Like not the ten pack. Right. One, one pack, pack costs one dollar. Man. <laughs> so you said that you, um. go ahead, what do you say, Jen?
2: I was just saying, think about, because you were saying that you got out because you were, you knew to call the commissioner over and over 100%. and to plead your case. Think about everyone that's in there that doesn't have the knowledge to call the commissioner and, and let me, get themselves out. And
1: let me say that. That's the dynamic of being in middle class and my parents going to college. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I was one of the few people that could go to jail and know, have a perspective of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like... I went to jail and I it was like oh everything my parents were telling me everything they said oh school all this stuff now it's making sense to mm-hmm. me let me not do this they again clicked. most people don't have that perspective they only right. have one perspective and it's like jail I'm mentality. in jail I'm in jail and they raised in that mm-hmm. and they come back out mm-hmm. and it's like one way to go which mm-hmm. is the same thing mm-hmm. that's why that's their cycle that's the why I'm one of the only people mm. Who was able to like turn my life around and still went back to jail three times?
0: Wow! Right, so you're saying that jail is not what rehabilitated you, it was the, the no, the structure it was my it.
1: mentality, right. and that's why I say this whole thing with gentrification is like you're moving all of these people out, but you're not fixing the problem because mm-hmm. years down the line, mm-hmm. over here is going to be the problem now, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna move these people back. Over there, where you gonna move, right, right, or you right. gonna build something in the bushes? Right, and they and move moving them out over violently there violently too.
0: And
2: that's the same thing when it comes to the public and private school of why that argument is there. Because if you keep just putting money into the private school and not fixing the public school, then you're gonna keep having the same problem, the 100%. same thing with gentrification. It all, it's they know how to fix the problem. They just don't want to.
1: Yeah, um, and you know, I'm not the most political person at all. I'm only going off of just what I see and what I think mm-hmm. and my instinct and critical thinking, mm-hmm. I, I I think like a lot of it too is like greed, not wanting to put money into things like that because maybe it doesn't benefit them. You know well, what I'm saying? They profit off of it. You know, yeah. It, they make it, a lot of money off that jail. Well, yeah, all of that. Yeah. Like it, it's, uh, it's just crazy like when I think about it. Like when I think about my situation, it's like... It couldn't have been a straighter arrow coming out of jail at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. I did everything I was supposed to do right. and still went back to jail twice after that. Right.
0: Right. Man.
1: <laughs> so we were talking about how you
0: felt like the school system made you feel like you were stupid. Yeah. But did you find your voice as an artist in prison?
1: I found my voice as an artist in prison, yes. I was um, I was helping people get their GEDs and... The thing with that is, because of that, everybody, like, always want to know what I'm doing, always trying to be around me and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I used to write. I used to take my book. I used to actually have a have headphones and listen to um, the radio. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was, like, a lot of Kanye West, uh, the, what's it, way too called? Can't a Young, nigga getting money anymore, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I would mm-hmm. remember the beats. I would like literally memorize the beat in my head mm-hmm. and use that as my instrumental. And mm-hmm. I would write mm-hmm. stuff. And um, everybody saw me like writing, so they would be like, um, It's like a studio Damn. in your head. Right, right. right. <laughs> and then niggas creative. would see me. They'd be like, Yo, I ain't know you spit. Hey, spit something. Like, mm-hmm. they had a little freestyle drinks. And I'd be like, Nah, nah. Because I, I, I wasn't really talking about street stuff mm-hmm. shit. I wasn't talking about the shit like they probably would like. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, like, I didn't know if it was good or they was going to like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm new to this, so I'm like, nah. They just, it got to a point where I have, I'm have, i like on three or four books mm-hmm. just rapping. Mm. And they just like, bro, you got to let me hear something. Like, it was right. like, I got tired of them, like, asking me all the time every time they saw <laughs> me. So I was like, all right, you know what? They had the uh, black album, Instrumentals, one day. And they were playing it. And I was like, all right, let me just see what's up. Mm-hmm. And I remember I spit. And everybody was like, Oh like like everybody <laughs> was messing with it. So then it became like a thing where they will they were like, do another one, do another wow. one. So I just kept going. And I remember when I finished, um, this guy, he was like man, you got that different style, that weird style. Because when, you, when you're from the street, if you're not rapping street right, shit, you it's Right, you want weird on niggas. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. So, niggas so, <laughs> is so, like, you got that weird style, mm-hmm. like, like Lupe or something, man. You mm-hmm. should really try to do this when you get out. I think you right. can make it. And I thought about that, and I, I remember I wrote it down in my book. I still have it to this day. I said, all right, I'm going to learn how to rap. I'm going to make a mixtape, and I'm going to go back to school. Mm-hmm. When I went back to school, couldn't focus because i was so focused on music right it just took over i I really i was saying to myself i just want to have a local buzz like wale that's what i wanted to go to
0: school but you had you had to go to school life right
1: right 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 right. now you
0: wale that's right because wale was just really rapping over gogo at first right yeah mm -hmm. and then he had to figure it out
1: yeah wale got me into gogo right i grew up around it right. but i wasn't into it till i heard the rap over it right then mm. i started liking gogo okay now while they when i when i was younger he was like my favorite rapper mm. like number one you know what, yeah, what i'm saying man. yeah is-
2: i was just about to ask about your gogo influence because that's like one thing D.M.V.ers love yeah yeah <laughs> for sure 100 percent eating their feet um <laughs> now
0: kanye produced my biggest record get by mm. and um i uh performed that song at a prison recently were Common Oh yeah. and you know I do that song like 200 times a year mm. and at a certain point you know I'm gracious and grateful for that song I'm grateful mm. for, for the love that I get but I perform a song that amount of times and sometimes it just becomes words mm-hmm. and I forget that I was talking about prisons in the prison industrial complex oh, and wow. so performing those lyrics in front of prisoners yeah. it became real for me mm. you understand what I'm saying Kanye he did that for me you right. put Kanye on you know, you had a 30-album list, and Kanye made six of them albums, yeah, right? Yeah, so he's been a huge influence on you, and yeah. you met him recently. Yes. Tell us about
1: that. Man, Um, that was, like, one of the best days of my life. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. This right was, on. like, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was with 88 Keys. Shout out to 88 Keys. Shout out. He, he we played went? me some stuff, too. That I was on? Yep. Okay, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I haven't heard the mix yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tight. Okay. So um, I was with him, and his phone rang. And it was an unknown number. Mm-hmm. And um, he gets up and he leaves and stuff. Then he comes back and he's just like, yo, I want to talk to you. Now, keep in mind, mm-hmm. this is the last thing I'm thinking is going to happen to me today. Right. Mm. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, right. we was eating breakfast. Right. So And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> it's the, this is like the, the call that everybody right. the I what? watch. Like, you know what I mean? So I get on the phone and then it's his voice. And mm-hmm. it's like. Yo, what's up, brother? I'm like, what's up? And he says, Yo, man, how you doing? I say, I'm good, how you doing? Mm -hmm. That. Then he says, So tell me more about is he real? Yo, when he said that, I was like, What? Mm. That's crazy. Now, when he said that, he hadn't heard it yet. He hadn't heard it. He just was hearing about it. About it. it. A couple people told him about it. Okay. So he said, Tell me more about is he real? And I start explaining to him the concept of what it means and how it's a playoff words for Israel and all of these yeah. things. And um, he says to me, man, that's crazy, man. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. And I appreciate that. He's like, yo, is there any way we can connect today mm-hmm. sometime today? And I'm like, like yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but keep in mind, man, I'm trying to be calm. Uh-huh. I'm really shaking, though. Like, right. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Right. But I'm trying to be calm about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, link, and then eighty eight set it up. And I, next thing you know, I'm at this dude's house on Sunday, with the family. Everybody's mm-hmm. around, and we ended up not even listening to the album. We ate lemon cake and played right. with Rubik's cubes, and like he was <laughs> all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Last time I was Wait, over was there, we played uh, Connect Four. Uh, yes, it was like four Rubik's cubes. <laughs> wow. We were learning. Uh, eighty eight was teaching us how to like do it and right. stuff, and he. And you take crazy. off the stickers. <laughs> oh my God, I was, you're I've done that way I've done it that way before <laughs> But nah, so yeah that's, <laughs> That is not that's the right way <laughs> That's literally what happened though So
0: um, yeah. I like the fact that you stay connected Yeah. Um. Through, I mean Kanye Kanye is an exception to the rule Because Kanye, um, he was one of the first To really do it on a mainstream level Where he was like rocking with me and Yassine And then he was also rocking with Rockefeller And them mm-hmm, Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's a lineage there though I feel like there's like Jay Z, what Jay Z was able to do, Kanye did that. And then after Kanye, you got like Drake. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you have like, you know, Kendrick and mm-hmm. Chance and them. Mm-hmm. And now you have people who will come up under all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And the barriers are completely broken down. Right. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. Kanye first came out, it was revolutionary. Oh, you rock with Black Star and Beanie Siegel? Yeah. yeah How could yeah, you do yeah, yeah. both? You rock a backpack, but it's Louis Vuitton. Right. right you know what right, I'm saying? Right, I feel right, like y'all right. have a different understanding, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like y'all are a post-Kanye generation. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. And what's what's crazy is how many similarities we have. One, mm-hmm. like, I'm a Gemini, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like I could see a lot of the stuff he sees, not even on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never met the guy really, f- for real, before that. Like, I met him at Sunday service and mm-hmm. said, shook his hand, but not, not really right. sat down with him. So it was crazy how much similarities me and even... S- I never met Kendrick, but a lot of people that I know work Mm -hmm. with him, and they say we have a lot of similarities. I I see that, too. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. So I'm just like, you know, I literally balance is literally everything that I embody. Ignorantly delivering knowledge. Ignorance and knowledge don't normally go together, Mm -hmm. but with me they do, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, that's, Middle class It yeah. really should That's yeah. how
0: human beings are We it's, have all of that in
1: us right, right, right And it's
2: like society Makes it seem like You have to just be one way thing, right. Like it's like you Because like Even when they talk about Oh, you're in church now But you was twerking All last night And it's oh, like man. So that's what? Exactly I can right. twerk And praise the Lord Right, like, it's right, a, right, right, right Sometimes All at once <laughs> <It's, laughs> Depending <laughs> on the record Yeah <laughs> You
0: hear me?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I have a question though Yeah As someone who Comes from The pre-Kanye generation His embrace of Trump yeah. Was very hard For me to stomach And again I know you said You don't talk right. politics That often right, right, You right. do the politics thing Even though I, I do hear The political content In your music Right right You know cause right. you love I hear the love for the people For the culture course, right 100% um, For me I can talk to Kanye And have a different Relationship with him Cause he came after me mm. Right so the way That I approach it Is like yo That's my That's my That's my little man Like why you, Come on man mm-hmm. Like and I feel like Someone who Got to know Kanye After 808 heartbreaks After mm-hmm. After College Dropout, after Kanye West, after Mm -hmm. New Slaves, after Mm -hmm. I Am a God, Mm -hmm. like your perspective has got to be different, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: of of the of how you
0: of, of how you see Kanye's embrace of Trump. Like, so, to me, for for a lot of people my age, and I, I say this with all love because he's my brother, he's my mm-hmm, friend, I mm-hmm, love him. Mm-hmm. Very disappointed in him, but I'm not on some cancel culture ready to write Kanye off. Right, There's right. a lot of people from my generation right. who love Kanye, yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah.
0: who are ready to cancel him and write him off. Mm-hmm. I feel like people from your generation, even if you disagree with what he said, mm-hmm. y'all not as quick to be like, nah, let's cancel this nigga. Nah, you know what I'm mean? Yeah, it wasn't because like Because of that. what he represented.
1: Yeah, you got to understand, that's, that's how... He like raised a lot of us right. musically, so it's hard to see something like that, especially in that situation when I was watching it. It was more like I didn't really... When I got to like pay real attention to it, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's going to sound crazy, but mm-hmm. I kind of understood what he was trying to do, mm-hmm. I just don't think he uh, executed it in a way where everyone could comprehend mm. it. I, I
0: totally agree with that. Because I, say, have, I have some things that I say, mm-hmm. some
1: philosophies, that if your mind isn't on that wave, mm-hmm. you're not going to see it that way. It's going to yeah. be like weird to you. And I think that made people feel like... I think he was just trying to prove that it's okay to think go against... Yeah,
0: I think that's exactly it. He was challenging everyone's idea of what a black man right. should and could be.
1: Right. The only reason why I don't like Trump, mm-hmm. mainly... Well, no, I'm not going to say that because I've seen certain things where it's I'm like, like yo, my nigga, reasons. you got to relax. <laughs> so right, right, right. <laughs> I've seen things and it's funny because things that I've seen, I don't even remember. I can't tell mm-hmm. you what they were. I just remember seeing them like, yo, what's wrong mm-hmm. with this dude? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's mostly because everybody else is like, nah, Trump, Trump, nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to politics. You mm-hmm. feel me? So I'd like, I'm like, i more so like, the things that I've caught definitely helped right, me right. say like I don't fuck with him. But right. mostly it's because what even turned me off about it is the fact that Everybody else is like, no, you know what I'm saying, right? And
0: that's what Kanye was rebelling against. Yeah, like, oh, I'm just gonna like be on this anti-Trump thing just because everyone else is, right? And because I'm black, I'm supposed to not, not right, like Trump. Right, right. I think the difference is is that you're saying, I don't pay attention to politics, right? And when stuff came to my attention, I'm like, nah, yeah, you know. I think the criticism of Kanye is that I also think that he's not paying attention to politics, exactly. But he
1: waded into it, right? And that's yeah. that's what the I think the yeah. biggest part is is like. You can't speak on something you don't have knowledge of it when you have that type of platform mm-hmm. to change a lot of people's opinions. Yeah. So you gotta be careful with that. Yeah, I and agree. And that's why I see people get mad, you know, yeah. at, at the situation. So, yeah.
0: Um, we are huge fans of Denzel Curry here. Yeah, at people's yeah. People's Party. That's my man. Um, he's a very talented, brilliant artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem to have. Learned a lot from him mm-hmm. and have a good, great relationship with him. Yes. So great that I personally would like to see an album at some point.
1: <laughs> Everyone's uh, saying that. I feel that. like yeah, I have yeah, a great yeah. chemistry. Yes.
0: Um, But what what can you tell us? Give us some stories about Denzel.
1: Um, So with Denzel, man, one thing about him is it's very rare to find somebody. He's a pure person. Mm-hmm. Almost to a point where it could be looked at as naive to the world. Mm-hmm it could be looked at as almost dangerous because of how pure he is. Somebody might think they could take advantage of him. Mm. So you
0: are protective of his spirit.
1: Of course. Yeah. He's one of the few people, but he also is smart. So mm-hmm. it's not like everybody will just do that. But he doesn't, Um, he there's very few people that are like that, mm-hmm. man. Like whoever raised him, however he was brought up, he did a really a really good job. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he's just a good dude, like for real, honestly, man. Um, and you know, f- he embraced me. Uh, he reached out to me, and he's the type of person you could have like five followers. If he like your music, mm-hmm. he's gonna say something to you yeah. in public and do a song with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: I noticed that with the generation that you're a part of, it's a lot less of that. People are, are not as industry minded as they used to be. Back nope. in the days, it was like you're not in the industry yeah I'm not fucking with you, you yeah know what i'm saying percent that's changed a lot a lot man um artists are taking their destinies in their own hands a lot mm-hmm. um, and you guys are you know real smart man, like like you you called Denzel smart, but his intelligence comes through in his lyrics, mm. yours as well j i d you know there's a lot a, a lot of new cats who are coming with smart, intelligent lyrics right um, what are your influences for that
1: lyrics mm-hmm. Man, where do I begin? My first rap album ever was Get Rich or Die Trying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's crazy, right? That's a big album. It's a big album. That was my first one. Okay. And then he got me into really Eminem. Mm -hmm. And then I got. Fifth grade, I got college dropout.
2: I'm trying to figure out your age here. I'm like, I don't typically (laughs) Uh, feel like the young
1: one. I'm like (laughs) the old one. Oh man, nah, I've, um, yeah, I had college dropout, and then that, like, all that created, not knowing really, uh, created like the foundation of my lyrics. Mm -hmm. So when you look at my music today. You can see a little bit of all of these people, man. Like it's so many people that influence what I do. You know, Um, I wasn't into Jay Z when I was a kid. I didn't understand it. I was like, why everybody like Jay Z so much? And I didn't get it. When I got older, that's when I started peeping, and I'm like, damn, okay, Okay. I see why. Okay, he's he's the guy. He's the guy for (laughs) sure. So you know, that's another part of my um. But it came later, like influences but it's it's mostly like those those albums were like the foundation of what built me mm-hmm. and so because of that i started always wanting to be witty with my pen mm-hmm. i always wanted to say clever things mm-hmm. my whole my whole basis of me writing music was always about saying clever punchlines mm-hmm. period so yeah, yeah, y'all
0: be out here trying to out rap niggas for real. <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah. of people don't be on that. Like I know, yeah. like people be like, we had Rascas on. He was like, how is it that the thing that you're supposed to be good at, no one cares about? Like if you're a race car driver, you can't get on a track and crash the car, right, or you, right, your right. career be over. Like mm-hmm. how's no one caring about writing? Lyrics? But
2: people, I mean, I think that it's just like the mainstream doesn't care as much because mm-hmm. as you were saying like w- with this generation of rap if you if they would have had social media back when you came out you probably would have been as big as uh fifty cent and Kanye were at that time. I don't so, know. Ruckus you,
0: was Jared, y'all was spending some money to try to get us to that level. There was right. no Instagram though. <laughs> there was there We didn't have no Instagram. You couldn't
2: push your own music. Right. Like today not do no
0: pimp and curlies or none of that. Yeah mm-hmm. today
2: you can put out a verse and it can go viral and then you know people are going you have your own SoundCloud that you own that people can go and look at your music. They didn't mm-hmm. have that back then.
1: Yeah. No? Mm-hmm. I mean I remember I was reading something and then they said the best way to get people's attention is through sex violence or to rebel Mm. those are like the three things that you have to do to kind of gain a mass following 50 cent was straight violence oh yeah you feel me 50 cent was wearing a
0: bulletproof vest to shows this you would go to shows like if someone could get shot right right
1: right. (laughs) that was the show you want to be real if Mm -hmm. you really think about it right Mm -hmm. if you take the average black kid when 50 cent came out and you like really think about it 50 Cent was our superhero. Mm-hmm. That's, that was he our took the Marvel character. Like, yeah. nine bullets. He has this crazy story. He mm-hmm. took nine nine bullets. He whoa, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He looks mm-hmm. like a superhero. Mm-hmm. But that was like the black superhero for kids growing up. Right.
0: You could go buy the G-Unit tank top. Tank like top. Your,
2: your cape. If you only he had the superhero attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> does. You
0: know, if you we, he? he has like a Marvel Comics superhero. He's a bully. Well, yeah. He's like Tony Stark.
1: <laughs> Is he? I didn't know him as a bully, though. Well, I just knew him as, it's funny, he made me not like Ja Rule. I didn't even know why I didn't like Ja Rule.
2: See, bullying.
1: But I didn't look at it as bullying back then. Mm. I just looked at it as, bruh, like, he's the, go- the goat. Like, I'm trying to, like, be like him, you know what I mean?
0: Now, you were being influenced by 50 at that age. Yeah. Years later, you put out albums with MF Doom and Dell the Funky Homo Yeah. You know, yeah, know That's mm. more my lane. Yeah, yeah. What made mm. you want to do that Pizza Shop remix with them?
1: man i heard the beat i'm so what i listen to is so diverse and i have i have like phases i was having an mf doom phase mm, right there. that's a
0: good phase for an mc to have yeah doom phase.
1: yeah i had yeah. a doom phase and i started listening to him I'm like yo this is crazy like everything he's doing he raps in a he's way the I don't He's a
0: supervillain. If if 50 Cent was the supervillain, superhero, super Doom was the yeah, supervillain. Yeah, facts. Yeah.
1: I, I was wondering how to like um kind of like uh rap like him because mm-hmm. he just had a style like I don't know how to do that. Like the nonsense god body rap. Yeah, my my instinct <laughs> don't let me do that like oh, right. when I rap and write. So I just uh, I thought everything he was doing was, was amazing how he was so mysterious. Delta funky homo sapiens so for me, a lot of people, like especially rap heads, might be like, this might be taboo to say this. I got turned on to him from the gorillas. Okay. Not the older stuff. Right, right, right. That made me listen to the older stuff, right. but it was the gorillas. Right. So I, I heard that beat, and I heard MF Doom, and I heard Adele. Like, that's how it happened. And I wanted one or the other, and I ended up getting both. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. dope, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's like really fuzzy. Lo-fi, underground hip-hop shit. Yeah. you know It's very different from some of the trap sounds and other things on your record. Mm -hmm. Now, with this way you release music, you're talking about SoundCloud, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I listen to your music on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in the days, we would get CDs and open and read the credits and be like, oh, this person produced this. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the engineers and the producers are getting credit Mm -hmm. in the streaming generation. Yeah. Do you agree with that?
1: I agree. Um, What I will say is Spotify is starting to do that now. What okay. they putting the writers and all that in the if you go to the info, mm-hmm. so if you care enough to do that, but you're right, you know. When I was in jail, I had three albums. I had the Chronic, I had Take Care, and I had Watch the Throne. And I was looked through. I mean, I ain't got nothing to do. Right, you I'm read looking all the that whole thing. Right. You know what right. I mean? Because physicals ain't selling like that no more. We don't isn't that same experience doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. However, genius and people like that, they're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. I won't say a great job because. They got my credits a little messed up. But right. They're doing the best they can right. um, uh, um, to kind of fill that void for the internet yeah, age. I
0: feel like maybe the onus is on us, the artists, to care.
2: It's crazy because when you used to get a CD, it used to be so much fun opening it up and mm-hmm. going straight to the thing. And sometimes it'd have the lyrics in it. And it's mm-hmm. just like you don't have that experience anymore. We don't even have CD players.
1: We don't have time. Right.
2: We have time. Th- there's kind time. Of. They just decided to, to oh. like. Technology has taken time away, but we have we oh, yeah. the time. Yeah, so
1: well, that's what I mean. Like everyone has time if they want to make it, but it's hard to make time when your phone is buzzing every five minutes, and then something happened on Twitter, and Great then Trump, then Trump said this, and then you go here, and then so so dropped another album, and then what's his name is tweeting. There's so much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like just think about just your phone, and then you you talking about the rest of the world? Like back in the back in the day, like. You got, like, what? Whatever's in front of you is what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. you got your job. Okay, I'm going to work. Not I'm going to work mm-hmm. on my phone seeing what's happening. It's like I'm going to work. Right. I am I got my headphones on. I'm, you know, it's just so much going on, too much distraction.
2: It is. Right. I agree.
1: Okay, so the
0: project that you did that put you on my radar was I Was yeah. Very Bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can we talk
0: about that for a yeah, second? Yeah, let's do it. Where so. was your headspace at when you made that project? Because it's very honest. You you had a project called Subtrap, right, and I right. read that it was described as suburban trap. Right. But I feel like when I hear your music, it feels more like honest trap. Right, right, right. It's like you're right. talking about the things that people talk about in trap music, mm-hmm. but you can't get to the end of the song without talking about the consequences. Right, right, right. Without being very right. honest about your experience. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: Uh, I think, so Subtrap was a lot of, A little bit was my perspective. A lot of it was the perspective of different people that I met Mm -hmm. um, in my life and in jail, like people who were drug addicts, people who were drug dealers, things like that. And I kind of created this world and these characters out of all of that. Mm -hmm. With um, I was very bad. The thing I wanted to do and create was I wanted to tell people about me. Mm-hmm. I had to tell my story. I felt like it was very important to like let people know who I am because mm-hmm. if you don't know my story, my my stuff don't make sense to mm-hmm. you really because how are you in college and but you were saying you went to jail and prison and you said you did this and you did that. It doesn't make sense. It almost sounds like a lie. Right. So it's a in very order
0: uniquely to, black experience. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So
1: it's like I had to kind of like let people know and lay it on the table. This is why I I grew up middle class. Mm-hmm. I did these things. I wanted to do this. I I tried to I got into this. I got locked up. My mom was the only person that had my back when I was locked up. All of these things and then also letting people know my mother passed away. That was like the first time I ever introduced that. I felt like I needed to tell people my story where I was very bad. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. It just got it just had to make sense for my fans so that when I say what I say, or when I have my interviews or whatever I do, it doesn't feel like it's a lie. Because if you really like look at my life, it feels like one big contradiction, contradicting lie. <laughs> right. You know what um, I mean?
0: No shoes on the rug. That's not the whole name of that record, right?
1: Yeah, no shoes on the rug. Leave them at the door. Leave
0: them at the door.
1: Yeah, beautiful record. Thank
0: you. One of the most brilliant records I've heard in recent memory. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Not just hip hop wise, but just wow. just a Thank great you. record. Um, you don't you talk about your mother passing away on that record. Yeah. You also talk about uh you were born in London. Yeah. Raised in PG. Yes. But are you you come from Africa? Yeah. Um where where at? Which country?
1: My mother's from Sierra Leone. Okay. My dad was from Ghana, but I didn't grow up with my dad. Okay. So my mother and my stepfather were from Sierra Leone.
0: You talk about the bullying that uh, calling people African booty scratchers. Yeah, all that. Um, I'm an American born in Brooklyn. Yeah, but I remember the nativist mm-hmm. kids back in the days. We yeah. call we say the Haitians had Haitian body odor, and yeah, say the yeah. Africans was African booty scratchers. Right, right. How has that informed you as an
1: MC? Um, I can explain how as a person. Okay, yeah. Being a kid growing up, 6, 7, no, fourth. Fifth and sixth grade going to school and not wanting to go to school because I don't know if I'm getting made fun of today. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's gonna talk about me do I have to I have to have my own like I have to have my guards up like girls don't really like me because I'm African or mm-hmm. i'm dark skinned and right now it's all about the light skinned dudes mm-hmm. with the braids all that and I'm African, so my parents not letting me get no braids none of that mm-hmm. shit like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like I had to like really deal with a lot of stuff as a kid growing up that most people really honestly shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And and you're not mature enough to brush that stuff off. You know what I'm saying? You're not there yet you're in life. Mm-hmm. You, All that stuff, every word stings. Mm-hmm. It made me want to be something so bad to get back all of the stuff that I felt like I should have had as a kid. Mm-hmm. All of the popularity and things like that that I wanted but I couldn't get. That's kind of like what drove me to be where I'm at as an artist, like I remember, it was eighth, seventh grade. My mother, my mother bought me a pair of Chuck Taylors and a pair of Air Force Ones. Those were my two shoes, mm-hmm. and I wore them joints to the ground, yes. to the ground. Like I remember, it was, got to a point where I got made fun of so bad for them mm-hmm. Air Forces, man. It was like the Chucks started having holes in them mm-hmm. and stuff. They were ashy black right. after a while. Right. Then the wintertime came, and my mu- my grandmother bought me the Charles Barkley's. She bought a white pair. Mm. Okay. But it was like Christmas. Winter. Yeah, it was Christmas. She bought the Charles Barkley's. It, it was from Foot Locker, and it came with the, like, Foot Locker sweats. And I couldn't wait to come to school. Mm. I was like, but that's all I got. Mm-hmm. So I still got those two shoes and that. Then my uncle somehow had the Jordan 4s from 2001 that he just never wore. And this is when the fours came back out. Mm-hmm. So I had the Fords with a Nike at the back. Everyone had the one with the Jumpman. Jump mm-hmm. So I came to school with them. I didn't even know they was mine. Right. I just saw them in my mom's room one day. Right. And I just pulled up. Like, I'm, I'm going to just wipe the bottom off. <laughs> for the back. Like, I wore <laughs> I them joints. I I wore them joints. And I came in. And I had the joints. But North Face was the thing. Right. Everybody had a Nextel and a North Face jacket. And I didn't have that. So... I don't remember what I did. But I up, oh, I remember what it was. I started buying candy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would go to uh, everybody I knew.
2: Candy hustle. Everybody <laughs> I know. Look, everybody I know,
1: right? They would go to the store, they'll go to the supermarket and they'll buy a variety. They would buy the um Twix, they would buy Snickers, they'll buy a bunch of like Airheads mm-hmm. and then they'll buy bubble and all that. So they were selling variety. I realized I make more money if I simplify it, so I just only bought the four pack of bubble licious for a dollar, and I mm-hmm. sold them a dollar each. You feel me? Yeah. And that's all I was selling, so I was flipping that. Yeah. And I got oh, my shit. North Face jacket. I we got
0: should my- change the name of the show on how, how to sell candy. How to sell candy? <laughs> Talib right. right. Did you? Um,
2: <laughs> when you were getting picked on in school, did you ever like tell your parents? Like, did they know that you were getting picked on? No,
1: hell no. I ain't telling mm. that shit. <laughs> How do I even, like, right. I, they, I didn't even think they'd care. Like, I, I don't, yeah, I just right. let it be.
2: Because we think that, but it's like they went through the same thing, and I feel like that would probably eliminate a lot of, like, you know, the suicide attempts today because, like, kids don't feel comfortable coming home and telling their parents, hey, I was, pick, I was picked up.
1: Oh, listen, I am I understand. I, I understand that as a grown adult. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I'm not thinking like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I, I, what do I do? I, I don't really know. Who what to do? I just have to go. Mm. I mean, I used to skip school because of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine being in the sixth grade, not going to class, hiding in your closet when your parents leave and all that stuff. I did exactly that. <laughs> yeah. I did exactly <laughs> that, that. Hide in the closet. <laughs> I hid in the closet in the basement <laughs> yeah. and
0: listened for my mother to drive off. Yeah, And then went right back upstairs. <laughs> right. Y'all yeah.
2: are
1: bold. But no, but so what it did, though, mm-hmm. is like, so I started wanting more mm-hmm. to be cool Mm. started hustling, term, getting my North Face, mm-hmm. all that. And then I got addicted to the attention mm-hmm. that I got when I got there because I wasn't getting that before. I never mm-hmm. knew how it felt. I didn't get used to it. I didn't get it out of my mm-hmm. system. Yeah, I wanted it more and more. Yeah, Ninth grade came. I, I remember eighth grade came. I said, ninth grade's coming up. I will never be looked at as not fly ever mm. again. I'm going to figure yeah. out what I got to do. And that's yeah. when all that's the one bad one of our stuff stories is
0: young black men, you know, growing up socially awkward, you find... Acceptance and material items. Right, the hood accept you for that because everybody's struggling to get out the hood. Right, you see these things as right. symbols of how to get out. You able to get these things? That's why kids be out there. Like I've heard it on your albums, a yeah. lot of rapping about, you know, this this gear I got ain't shit, but I got this belt. You know, right, know, you know right. Know right, right, right. Like this belt yeah. costs a lot. You gonna respect yeah. this belt?
2: Yeah, 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 hundred um, percent.
0: Another song on that record, Trigger Happy. mm-hmm besides being just artistically dope, I like the way that you come into the record, Mm -hmm. Um, and then the way you end it, you talk about, let the beat, loop the beat, you know, let the beat play so they can loop it, so they can rap on it, and then you're like, fuck it, I'ma just give them the instrumental. Yeah. Um, You know, that's another, I think, value of your generation, Mm -hmm. is like we all in this creating music together. Mm my generation's more like hoard the music. Mm-hmm. Like, now, nah, you can't have this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why you rapping on my beat? Why mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is more like, let's spread the love. 100%. But also, you spoke about Logic on that record. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what happened with you and Logic, and I don't know if this is old news or if that's resolved, but mm-hmm. what happened with Logic and his manager because you mentioned them on that record?
1: Um, the best way I'm gonna put it is, like, pretty much, there was a situation that had to do with, like, uh, a label thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and his manager was kind of in, in between it, mm-hmm. and uh, some things were told that weren't really true.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That ended up sabotaging a record deal that I had that I was had on the table that mm-hmm. I was gonna do. It um, got back to me the reason why had to do with Logic, mm-hmm. and I said okay. I reached out to the manager. I said something to him. His response back to me was, best of luck. Mm. So I said, okay.
0: Well, you um, made your own luck.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> right? I got my own label now. I'm right. like, I, I, everything worked out. You right. Know? But. Um,
0: I think it's interesting, like, as I was looking over some of your old interviews, there was an interview you did a year ago. Where you said, this next project, I'm singing a lot more. Yeah. And y'all not even ready for it. Right. And this next project is going to be so much better. The music is better, and I was thinking when I was reading that I was like, "Yeah, that's what everybody say." Right, right, <laughs> right. uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. He's supposed to feel like that, uh, right.
0: But then I heard it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "This is what he was talking about." Mm, yeah, like the "Is he real?" shit It's just like it blew me away. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I gotta just be honest about that. Yeah. Um, I made a song. I made an album called Beautiful Struggle, mm. and this "Is he real?" album reminds me of my mind state when I made Beautiful Struggle mm. for two reasons. One, there's a record on Beautiful Struggle. No, actually, is, I don't know. I, might not, I don't know my own catalog <laughs> Oh, like my that. gosh. I have a song called <laughs> Give Him
1: Hell. Right, 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 It
0: might be on Eardrum, A Beautiful Struggle. I don't know. We'll do the fact check. Here. Right. Um, but on Give Him Hell, I talk <laughs> it's about... It's on Eardrum. It's on Eardrum? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: on Give Him Hell, I talk about my struggles with, with faith. Mm-hmm. Well, not really my struggle with faith, because it wasn't really a struggle. Just my understanding of faith mm-hmm. and how important it is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I listen to Is He Real... As I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, I'm listening to an atheist. That's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right? As I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is a guy that has done the knowledge, is like, God is not real. Mm-hmm. These are just fairy tales. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the album, yeah. I don't feel like that anymore. Yes. On the last song, Julia, mm-hmm. um, and just things you say through the album, I'm like, oh, maybe he's not an atheist. Right. And the what I liked about the album is, it was so fair mm-hmm. in the way that you talked about spirituality and religion mm-hmm. that you made me, as someone who's not a Christian, not a Muslim, not you made me feel like you were talking to me. Mm. But you also were talking to everybody else at the right. same time. Right. Um, why was it so important for you at this stage in your career to tackle religion and faith?
1: It was just where I was at, honestly. Um, I think I've always wanted to make that album. And I was just in a place where it was time to do it. The music that I was recording was coming out mm-hmm. that way. Mm. I'm a type of person, I don't know if it's because I'm a Gemini or what, I have this rare ability. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to segue into what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I play basketball, I can shoot with my left and my right hand. Okay. I don't know how, why, but I just can. I actually shoot with my left better, but I'm right-handed. Mm-hmm. I say that to say... I'm one person that I'm probably the only person I know that you could talk about a a topic and I can argue both sides. Mm. Like I can literally argue both sides. You're a great debater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I can can think about both sides and argue them equally. Mm -hmm. And uh, with this album, I kind of did that. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. But I also understand that nobody's trying to like, you know how many times... We've heard the album where they try to preach to you and tell you, this is what you should do, this is the right way, this is the way to go, this is the way you need to do it, throughout your life, all of that stuff. I learned by example. Everything I did learn from, for the the most part, wasn't because someone told me, it was because I dealt with it and I I probably went down the wrong path Mm -hmm. and I figured it out. So with this album, I took that same approach. I wanted to teach people in a way where this album is not for people who have a lot of faith Mm -hmm. Mm. to listen to it and say, "Oh, there's a God," because you already believe in God. It's for people who are atheists and don't believe in God that don't think that there's no possibility because of science. Right. I at the end of the album, I use science. Right. Back on you. Talking about
0: how we see color.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one of my many, I have a lot of philosophies. That's why I don't do drugs. Man, I'm telling you, if I did any psychedelics, I'll find a cure for cancer (laughs) right now. Oh, man, acid will make you (laughs) an expert. Trust me. I'm telling you. We should get in with Dax (laughs) Shepard. I already think of Mm, acid stuff. (laughs) You feel me? I can't do it.
0: (laughs) I say that in my song, um, Give Him Hell. I talk about how. Science and religion are really Looking for the same thing Right And they overlap in many ways That we don't even understand Like mm-hmm. like, um, You know I saw my uh, One of my children being born And you know That was It's hard for me to deny A higher power mm-hmm. Seeing that But mm-hmm. also with science That I'm seeing mm-hmm. and, um, Yeah That's real interesting to me That you chose to do that yeah. And that You chose to do it While going for a bigger sound mm. So you're yeah, dealing with these yeah. higher uh, Levels of of thought and ideals right but you're going for a bigger sound Mm -hmm. and you've even spoken um about wanting to be more mainstream Mm -hmm. and not wanting to be seen as an underground rapper Mm -hmm. um with beautiful struggle that album had pharrell on it and mary j blige Mm -hmm. and faith evans and Mm -hmm. um anthony and i was trying to do what i do Mm -hmm. but go for a bigger Bigger sound sound. and i got criticized for it Mm -hmm. now i feel like um those critics were proven wrong over the years mm-hmm. that I almost looked at as a as a um, classic by my true fan base mm-hmm. but there was a lot of pushback to that like why is this underground champion this icon of underground trying to do something different mm-hmm. um do you think it's possible to do that and maintain who you are as of brother? course mm-hmm.
1: who I am is not in my sound it's mm-hmm. what I speak about right mm-hmm. period right it's my voice and what I speak about right as long as Listen, I can manipulate my voice in new ways. I'm singing now, like doing things mm-hmm. like that I I really wasn't doing before. But my voice is always going to be the same and who I am, my story, mm-hmm. all these things. If you're rapping like about rap, mm-hmm. like some people just rap about rap, mm-hmm. and then you change the sound, on top of that, there's nothing there's no foundation to say this is still the same person. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're rapping about a story, and it's your story and it's unique to you, no matter what the instrument instrumentals do and what the change and that stuff is, you're still that same person and you're still giving people that. And I think that's the key mm-hmm. in 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 doing that. You know, I think me I was definitely going for a bigger sound, and, and I'm not saying going for a bigger sound is a, in in a, exactly well, as it pertains to being more mainstream and pop, mm-hmm. but I have an understanding of kind of how to dial back my lyrics a little bit and say little less words because I know, like, I go, I'll, I don't go to the club, but I'll go there and listen to what's going on.
0: Right, or like a record like Twenty Four does that exactly. Accent.
1: Right, but but if you know how deep Twenty Four really yeah, is, yeah, yeah, it gets deep. Matthew six verse twenty four. Mm-hmm. 24. mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's about right. um, the the uh, y- how you're not supposed to worship two gods, mm-hmm. money and God. It always
0: ties back to the faith. Yeah. Every song, even the most ratchet song on your album, ties back to faith. Right. Um, and I gotta congratulate you because you might be the first person in history since Pharrell hmm. to get Pusha T to not rap about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um, bringing things back to fame, now Pusha T is considered one of the greatest lyricists of all time. Yes, but let's keep it a buck. Just like I rap a, a lot about black empowerment, he yes. raps a lot about cocaine. Yeah, you yeah. know, Lil Wayne raps a lot about your pussy. Right, Currency right, right. raps a lot about smoking pot. Right, you know, right, certain rappers got their thing, right? Right, right. It was <laughs> exciting to me. Not Lil
1: Wayne you <laughs> Yo, you're not the first to say that. No, nah, when story.
0: I when I listen to that song, first of all, that song sonically and musically, yeah, on the song "Porno," yeah, it's. Yeah. it's you're doing some other shit yeah, on yeah. that's that's like the acid shit that you were talking about yeah, on yeah. that record but and shout out to jid because he sounds incredible in that record yeah, too yeah. but when i got to push a t's verse right mm-hmm. i'm listening mm-hmm. and i'm like it's coming
1: <laughs> the coke bar
0: is coming and he ain't give me no coke bars
1: right, right and i was right,
0: like right, oh right, man right. idk got some, yes, some powerful juju <laughs> going on over here. um yeah but even on that record you're talking about Porn addictions and mm-hmm. you know being exposed at a young age, but you bring it back to the faith. Yeah, on that. Record. I
1: said the Bible say beating my dick and killing is equal, but mm-hmm. that don't add up because the amount of times that I milk my shit will probably be considered cereal,
0: <laughs> milky cereal, baby. Because
1: they say beating <laughs> my dick. My age
0: quote, just... That LL Cool J reference.
1: Beat be <laughs> my dick and killing is equal. Right. The amount of times I milk my shit will be probably be considered serial That's right. serial killer yeah, we, oh, oh no my bad it was like <laughs> I don't know if everybody get it but I've, cereal, I'm proud of I got it we, we, we got it here yeah, but layers, man. I say that and then I go into all this porn stuff and then I say this is what happens when you expose the porn at the age of six and then two really famous porn stars come in and do the hook mm-hmm. and then Pusha T comes in and then J.I.D. comes in and that whole shit is just literally the mm-hmm. journey like it's like questioning, am I wrong for things that I was exposed to? Mm. If the Bible is saying this is wrong, mm-hmm. whose fault is it? Right. Is it my fault or the person that didn't uh, hide their porn CDs and, and put it in a place where I could easily right. get to it? You know what I mean?
0: This is how great this record is. When I was listening to it for the first time, I kept having to go back to my phone because I kept thinking a new song was starting
1: (laughs) and it was still the same song. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is a big statement. Yes, yes, yes. Man, shout out to The Roots for that sample clearance. Mm-hmm. Shout out to everybody that I milk bone. There was so many samples on that milk bone? I knew, yeah, the rapper,
0: the horn, that peep Rock. And you know, it, when I heard it, I was like, that sound like the peep Rock horns from Milk Bone. Yeah, yeah. and it
1: was. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: so you were. So who's porn were you watching at six? Were you just like in the corner, <laughs> like should watching? I, should I say step? that?
1: oh man it's a people's
0: party
2: the people it is know. a people's party the people want to know
1: it's a it's I i don't want to put nobody on blast like that <laughs> someone in my household had the porn the the, the bootleg you know what i'm saying so booty talk 92s <laughs> <laughs> well, <I would> know, <laughs> is were
2: you shit. were were you sitting there with popcorn enjoying porn with whoever you were with or were you like hiding behind a couch like trying to catch i think
1: i knew it was wrong oh,
2: i just you you i don't remember
1: it. exactly but i knew it was bad mm. I don't know how i just knew it wasn't supposed to be
0: a feeling a gut feeling
1: yeah uh, as a kid you know what i mean yeah
0: um now i want to talk about julia
1: Mm-hmm. again
0: it's a very powerful song yes you make some very powerful admissions not admissions but you talk about your life mm-hmm. in very honest ways mm-hmm. you say that you is this the first time that you say that your mother passed away of aids on this record
1: this is the first time ever Right. A lot There's of people didn't thing. even know my friends. A lot of people didn't know. Like, uh, right. It's the first time.
0: Was it like therapy for you?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. I say that it's it was therapy for me to write it and put it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, put it on um, on wax. It was the reason why it's out to the world, so it could be therapy for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. A lot of us, how we grew up, we don't get to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Music and and art. A lot of people don't have their fathers hip hop raises them. Um, I feel yeah. like you're sort of, you know, the result of that. Yes. And you're bringing therapy mm-hmm. to, to the people. Have you ever gone to therapy?
1: Uh, once. It didn't really work for me.
2: Why do you feel it took you so long for you to come to tell everyone about exactly what happened to your mom? Like what?
1: Um, well, it happened in 2016. So it wasn't that long ago when it happened. Then I had to come to terms with it. Then I had my internal battle.
0: And you're already a public figure at this point
1: yes. in the music world. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have this internal battle within myself that I had to get over. Then I had to get over it being something I don't want to talk about to anybody. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, you know, and it involves my family and a bunch of other people. So, but the way it even, it wouldn't have come out if it wasn't for that instrumental. Shout out to Thelonious Martin. He sent me the instrumental. It had drums on it. I was like take the drums off Mm -hmm. and it just felt like it was time Mm -hmm. like I remember hearing it and getting chills and then also tearing up in the car from just instrumental Mm -hmm. so I said you know what it's time to talk about this this whole thing and I wanted to bring in all of the pain and stuff that I had in my life Mm -hmm. you know how I'd say I said something about kind of like um there's no jobs for niggas that paint like right i was you doing said a couple times yeah i was doing bad in school and all this stuff mm-hmm. but i did have one i was good at one thing and mm-hmm. it was like literature and 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 painting and drawing art i was good at art mm-hmm. but there's no jobs for niggas that paint mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so now i'm like damn am i like what am i gonna do with my life you feel me mm-hmm. that was like all the i could have been all of these things all of these things happened to me and then it's like, I remember playing football and not, I was good at football when it when it was like on the street,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but when I actually went to go play and had my equipment on, it was another story. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, I couldn't start. I didn't play, mm-hmm. get playing time, all of this stuff. So my whole life it was like, beat me up like about what I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure it out. I wasn't good at school, all that stuff. So. Right.
0: Um. You also say on this record, not just that your mother passed away of AIDS, but that your stepfather, was problematic in that situation, yeah. that he took the insurance money,
1: mm-hmm.
0: put the grandparents out, mm-hmm. and what? that he's the one that gave her the. Aid.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, how hard was that to write ra- write about and then lay down?
1: Write about not so bad, mm-hmm. cause like a diary, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Put it on the record was a lot a little hard, right. It wasn't easy. I said it one time, and I couldn't do the take again. It just—that's the right. take. That was the take. Right. The one that you hear is the one and only take mm. of that. Mm. I couldn't really say it again.
2: You want to share your stories. You want to be personable with other people, but then these stories are like—they cut deep. Like they hurt deep. And then it's once it's made into arts, like you're hearing it over and over. Yeah. Again.
1: And and the, the thing about it though, I have to always remember. And a lot of people don't like to do this. I'm not... I don't really have the luxury of holding back things that could help the next man. Mm-hmm. I am the first millionaire in my family. Mm. Congratulations I, for that. Thank you. I I have a lot... <laughs> I have a lot of great things happening to me that people would die for. Mm-hmm. And it's all because... I was blessed with the opportunity, or well, not just the opportunity, but the ability to put words together mm-hmm. and get paid for that, right? Yeah. My, I feel like because I got that, it's my responsibility now in return to give something to the world that can help people, period. Like, mm mm-hmm. So, when I have these deep, dark secrets about porn, and, mm-hmm. oh, like what rappers be talking about beating their meat? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? But it's reality for a lot of niggas. They might not say this mm-hmm. shit, but like, or learning, or like seeing porn at the age of six, and then mom died because of this, and all of these things, and not starting in football, and all these stuff, all this stuff. It's like, nah, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like, I am supposed to. Be able to put this in my music Mm -hmm. to help other people that might be going through stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why I got all this money and all of this, this fame and all these things that I've dreamed of. Mm -hmm. It's not for me to be selfish and say, "Nah, I got this. I'm gonna just keep making music that's gonna make me more money and that's it." Mm -hmm. I think that's what a lot of people do. That's the problem. What's
0: interesting to me is you go. From this story of not feeling smart in school Mm -hmm. and not feeling confident because people was making fun of you for Mm -hmm. being African Mm -hmm. and going to jail and feeling like you messed up and I did very bad to now you seem very focused and very confident.
1: Hundred percent. What frightens you? Hmm. What frightens me? I don't know anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to be scared that I couldn't. Do what this guy's doing right here, and his numbers is mm. more than mine, and maybe I'm not supposed to be a a rapper, maybe I'm not good enough maybe I'm now i I don't feel that way anymore, mm-hmm. so that fear is out the window mm. I just no fear. Start, yeah, I just talked about the probably one of the scariest things to talk about in a song because mm-hmm. everybody's gonna judge you and this and that i i don't I'm not worried about none of that right I think I see the world differently now, uh, yeah. Mm. The world is so much more simple than we like to make it seem. Mm. We make the world seem so complicated.
2: Wow, that's facts.
1: I'm telling you, it's simple.
2: My uncle, such a wise man, he always says uh, not to make things personal because when someone does something to you and you feel like, oh, they personally attacked me, it's like, it's never that serious. Yeah. It's this something that they just clearly didn't even realize. It says more facts. about them than it does about more you. More about them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. I was watching the Rocket Man movie about Mm -hmm. Elton John. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. I recommend anybody who hasn't seen it. But there's a scene when he's working, he's doing like session work and um, for like black musicians who come to London. Mm -hmm. And his name is Reggie something or other. That's Elton John is not his real name. Mm. He took on that name. But the black musician, older black musician that he's working for tells him, you have to kill who you are to become who you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you had to kill who you were to become who you meant, meant to be?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, not kill as in erase, mm-hmm. but kill as in not worry about certain certain things that I worried about, or not really understand who I am and be okay with that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't think I was okay with who I was for a while.
0: Right, because you had a quote where you said, "Um, I didn't even really find out who I was until recently, or something yeah, like that a yeah. uh-huh,
1: uh-huh, basically, I had to like write down my whole life for I was very bad, I wrote down my whole life from beginning to end, oh wow. I mean to to current, you know where I was currently at, mm. and um that was the basis of what helped me create that album. Is he real? I wrote down a lot about faith and all that stuff to write this album. That's how I write, um okay. I write down like the whole story in my mind mm. and get it out and then put it together.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm always interested in how people write. Um just as an artist, I think that's a someone should do a show on that just how yeah, yeah, songs get written. Mm, nah,
2: someone or you know, don't give out your ideas. <laughs> 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 someone get on Cut that. Cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, nah, but I was going to say the other thing um I I feel strongly about I think people look at me as a rapper and are surprised when I make an album like this, mm-hmm. but that's because they're narrowing down what I am. Mm, right. I don't even think... I'm not a rapper. I think I'm a producer, an executive producer, and I know how to produce music, I just know how to rap too.
0: Right. Rapping is just one skill.
1: One skill The right. inside of that, but even bigger than that, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm able to make these albums the way that I make them... I look at everything. I'm a writer, mm. and I know how to make movies. Mm. Like, I'm good at movies. Like, I'm good at film directing. Mm. Like, that's probably the broader scope of what I want to get into later on. Mm. But right. I think, like, I, when I think of my album, I think of it and putting it together like a movie. I felt but like that sonically. with the
0: DMX thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I saw DMX featured and I'm looking for a verse, but it's like you featured him as a preacher. Right. A lot of us who grew up on DMX or are fans of DMX understand that you don't get a DMX album without the prayer and right. that's a big part of it. On my show on my YouTube Vibrate Higher, I I got to do a prayer circle with DMX. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. in that, you know, you're talking about drowning in the thing before it, mm-hmm. and then you're acting out the drowning as sonically as sounds like drowning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like if you don't get this music out that you can't breathe?
1: Mm. That's kind of A good question Like I guess so You know Mm -hmm. Um, Originally when I wrote it It was about kind of like Ice yeah this water got me drowning I'm drowning (laughs) Like I'm thinking I'm talking about like All these things these materialistic things Mm. That's weighing me down Mm -hmm. It's got me drowning and To the point where I, I talk about All the bad things that I did Talking like, I literally, I was serious when I said I look at a woman's purse in church and want to steal it. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. Right. You feel me? Right. Um, and all that to go to this baptism. The baptism is the back and forth that you see in the album. Mm-hmm. Believing in God, not believing in God, believing in God, not believing in God, believing in God, mm-hmm. not believing in God. That was that whole thing. Like, that's what that really is about. Um, if you notice. After the conversation with, so I have all of this atheist stuff happen, and then I have Tyler, the creator, who is known to be this big atheist mm-hmm. guy based off of his last previous right. music.
0: Those are the conversations you have.
1: This guy's talking about God and being real, mm-hmm. and believing in God and believing in a higher power. Mm-hmm. And I say the line I say, telling a man today the story of Noah's ark. Mm-hmm. Is just as crazy as telling a caveman we built robot bitches we could fuck. Right. Mm. It's one of those things that like think right. about. The story of Noah's Ark sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we this is a boat and it's like oh, two of each animal and then mm-hmm. go on a boat and then the water washes everybody mm-hmm. away and then. But if you was a talking to a caveman mm-hmm. and you told him, yeah, right now we mm-hmm. got robot women <laughs> that we can have sex like, with. Like right? Like that sounds just as crazy mm. as Noah's Ark. We don't know what happened back then how do we know what really happened back then Mm -hmm. because someone told us Mm -hmm. and they passed the story down Mm -hmm. from generation to generation i could tell you a story right now and if i tell you that story right now and you go to tell her that story you're going to forget something in the story Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be the exact same story it's going to be a game of telephone just from right (laughs) from right here to right right here Mm -hmm. so you're talking about all these years we don't know shit. Mm -hmm.
2: that's why it's like when you talk about the your song is he real like the Bible, and I know Killer Mike uh, did this on his show, whatever where he was talking about rewriting the Bible, because like, that's a, a bunch of people that sat down, a bunch of white men that sat down and wrote stories out. If you rewrote the Bible today, God's telling people different stories than they were telling then, and it's still the same. Like things have evolved. I
1: think religion is something we need to think about later. I think we need to focus on the idea of a higher power and God. Mm. I think religion, because religion is like the. This is you, and this is religion, and this is God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, like, trying to get here, but mm-hmm. this religion thing is right. blocking you. Right. If you remove it and just go to... It's supposed to be this. Yep. And then you figure out what religion is. Right.
0: Forget the interpretations. Ever,
1: mm-hmm. it's, I, I remember being in the um, seven years old, and I remember my parents was like, let's go to church today. I'm like, all right. I hate church, but all right, whatever. Let's go to church. We're in church. And then... We're chilling and um hour goes by. It's usually hour service. Hours goes by. An
2: hour? Lucky you. A
1: hour goes <laughs> by and I'm still here. Two hours goes by. Still here. Three hours goes by. I'm starting to get kind of hungry. Mm-hmm. But I'm still here. And I'm like, kind of like, oh, when are we getting out of here? Mm-hmm. Four hours goes by. Ooh. Six hours goes by.
0: He wasn't
2: lucky. Nah, he wasn't. I thought it was going to get out.
1: 12 hours goes oh, by. Oh no. I was fasting for 24 hours. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. Cuz my parents were trying to tell me this is what you're supposed to do. Can you imagine that? Like that's going to make you hate church. Well, yeah, without the rest telling of you this life. is what
2: we're doing. We're going, you, going to a 24-hour no, fast. No, even if they
1: tell you, they're telling you like, well, not necessarily telling you right away, but telling you, "Yeah, this is for God. This is mm-hmm. you're supposed to do this because it's going to make you go to heaven." what? Right. I'm hungry as shit right, right now. Nigga. Like, what are you talking about? I, mean, I wasn't preparing reasons, for this. Like you said. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what? That was a one of the worst days of my life. Now, a lot that. of
0: people add these sort of rules to sort of get you to be moralistic. To You have to have that sort of regiment to keep away the temptations. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't drink that often. You don't mm-hmm. do, you don't smoke, you yeah. don't do drugs. Yeah. Um, I know, being an artist, there's a lot of temptations out there on the road. You've been on the road. How do you avoid the temptations?
1: Um, to be real with you, it's like, remember when I said, like, I feel like life is a lot more simple than people think? Mm -hmm. A lot of that stuff, man, like, I'm not saying I don't never do none of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I don't really smoke, um, but a lot of that stuff is like, it's like, Understanding that I'm trying to like find a non cliche way to say it Mm -hmm. that people will really be able to understand. Like, a lot of that stuff, like when I drink, right? Um, sometimes I get drunk and it's I have a good time, sometimes I feel myself struggling to try to get to that place, but I'm Mm -hmm. drinking something I don't really like, right? Trying to get there and Mm -hmm. it's not really working as well. Um, and when I would smoke, I would like smoke. And just be paranoid and thinking too much. The, the weed, like, I used to smoke every day. That weed is different than the weed now. Right? Mm-hmm. The weed now is like some whole other shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't really got time for that. That's what they yeah. always
0: say, every generation. Like,
1: oh, like, really? Yeah. Damn.
2: But the weed really is different now. Nah, right now it's like stores. crazy. They're doing all types of stuff to it.
1: I don't know man, like, so every time I smoke I be like paranoid, thinking of things I shouldn't be thinking of, thinking about, Name, am I, should I be rapping right now, like, <laughs> I should be doing like, you know what I mean, I call my whole family and apologize for not talking to them for really, two months.
2: Really?
1: That's what weed does? Like, yeah. Mushrooms oh. have me doing that. Yeah. Mushrooms <laughs> have me doing that. I'll be feeling like, not like weed. when I smoke weed I'm like on a whole other, you know what I'm saying? Even, even with like women on the road and shit, there have been times where I've been on the road and didn't mess with nobody. Like, really been able to, like, like, block that out and not, like, move in a certain way. Like, I think it's, like, a lot of that stuff is an on and off switch for me, and I'm able to do it when I want to do it. And if I don't want to do it, I, I can stop.
0: But that's got to come from something inner, right? It's not something that you got in the church, like, oh, Jesus is no. looking at me. No, 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 it's no. It's something from the side of you. No,
1: no, 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 no. Not a, not church at all. It's It's me understanding the consequences of a lot of things. And knowing that if I keep doing this too much, I got, uh I might have like certain issues that I gotta worry about. You know what I mean?
0: Hey man, you know, you said keep it simple. Malcolm X said make it plain. Yeah. And I feel like you rooted in that tradition.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, IDK. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Uh, Thank you. you